0: keeps it himself and takes it up as he with the finger
1: What is up, Thunder fans, and welcome to the Uncontested Post Game Podcast Edition. I am your host for tonight, Taylor Peterson. You can find me on Twitter and all socials at Taylor underscore P15. You can find us at the underscore Uncontested on Twitter. Uh, all social media, so I'll go ahead and just plug the social media as you find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, you name it. We're pretty much there. Um, you can also find us anywhere you listen to your podcast, any of the, the platforms you listen to. We be found there as well, and uh, also be sure to go to our YouTube channel. We do these uh, after every single every single game, we do a post game podcast as well as a group podcast on Sunday evenings where we all go live. And we're trying to get a little more uh, a little more content to be putting on the YouTube and TikTok as well. So be sure to follow us if you wouldn't mind. Go and leave us a five star rating. That helps us tremendously. Uh, speaking of ratings and subscriptions and things, if you go subscribe to YouTube, we'd really appreciate it. We're getting closer and closer to a uh, to a, a, a I guess yeah a thousand or. What am I looking? For? I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> it is late. It's late. For I think that's enough enough housekeeping for this one. Uh, it's late here in OKC. It's about eleven forty five Central Time. After the Thunder, unfortunately, lose their first game of the West Coast road trip to the Golden State Warriors, one forty one one fourteen, and it was just an absolute butt beating. um I was about to say that, you know, the score looks a little worse than it seems because there were players that don't typically get playing time uh, playing there to, you know, playing there at the majority of the fourth quarter with this being the the first night of a back to back. But honestly, (laughs) it was it was just about as bad as it seems. And we'll get into that there. Believe it or not, there is quite a bit to break down here. Excited to get to do that. Uh, I actually had the Warriors game, the Warriors post game. A week ago from today, Monday, when the Thunder played the Warriors in OKC. And while it was the same outcome, a Thunder loss, it was still much more entertaining and, and very different vibe to the game where the Thunder came out slow and sluggish but ended up finishing really strong. This is the exact exact opposite, which we'll get into. So without further ado, uh, first of all, thank you all in the chat. <laughs> After a game like tonight, even as late as it is, y'all are still in here. We greatly appreciate it. So continue to drop your comments and questions, and I'll be sure to get to them. Trade deadline, whatever it may be, we can get to them here at the end. So without further ado, let's just go ahead and dive into this one. Big takeaways. What did OKC ever do to hurt Clay Thompson? I mean, that man scorches us every single time he plays this it seems like uh and he always just has career nights against us some of his best games of his career have come against okc and tonight was no different just absolutely insane what what, what did okc do to him did they like pass on him in, in a draft i don't know about um i i don't know i don't know it, it, it's interesting the three-point discrepancy in general wasn't just clay thompson obviously that was a huge contributor and a huge factor but the three point discrepancy has been a theme uh, playing against playing against the Warriors that we've seen uh, both a week ago from today and tonight's game. Aggressive Trey One K, Trey man, one of the very very few bright spots from t- from tonight's game. I thought Trey came out super aggressive, super confident, and it showed. And that was really great to see from a player like Trey um, who ended up getting the uncontested player of the game for me tonight because I thought he played uh, played really well. It wasn't his most efficient game that we've seen from him but the aggression is what was so impressive and it earned him playing time from Dignall um they're really throughout the majority of the game rather than a guy like Isaiah Joe or uh, some of the other options that were available for Mark tonight my next one was the defensive defensive significance of Lou Dort we've seen here over the past handful of games just how impactful Lou Dort is defensively and we'll kind of get into that and how that kind of ties in with, with Two of those points I mentioned above earlier. And then finally, Aaron Wiggins, one other bright spot in this game. I thought Aaron Wiggins had another really good game. He continues to really impress with the time that he's given, regardless of the game, regardless of the opponent. Another really good Aaron Wiggins game. So let's see, uh, just quickly before we get to the the game breakdown. Amon says Clay makes a living out of running our night. (laughs) Top two, Thunder Killer, and he ain't two. Yep, I agree completely. And then no days off DFS. I don't know what we did to Clay, but I swear he always goes off versus us. He hates the Thunder for some reason. So, yeah, it's not just me. Uh, I've seen all that on Twitter as well. It's it's definitely interesting. So we'll go ahead and get into it. Some pregame notes. This is the Thunder's first game of a West Coast road trip, like I mentioned uh, here at the top of the podcast. And the first night of a back-to-back, they'll play LeBron and the Lakers tomorrow night. Assuming LeBron plays, he's listed as questionable, but he'll play, don't worry, uh, as he goes for that scoring record. For that reason, the Thunder are on TNT again. But, I mean, I, you got to give the Thunder some credit as well. This is their second team in T-game now that they've been uh, been slotted into. I guess would be the term there. Um, like I said, some of that's due to – most of that's due to LeBron's scoring record. But, obviously, uh, they know it's going to be a pretty fun op- opponent and a fun game to stream as well, and just more uh, national media attention for OKC. So, hopefully, they come out a little better than they did tonight. Uh, a fun stat from Joe Masado of the Oklahoman. Coming into tonight, the Thunder had lost seven straight to the Warriors, with its last win being November twenty fifth, two thousand nineteen. Yes, that is now eight straight to the Warriors, if you include tonight. But that last win against the Thunder in twenty nineteen, shooter led the Thunder with twenty two points. Pretty crazy to think about how long ago that way, how long ago that seems, um, how long it's been. You know, the Warriors have really had our number ever since then. A lot of that's due to the repositioning of the team. The, the, the you know. Tearing it down and starting to build it back up. But regardless, kind of a a fun little stat there. Or or maybe a not so fun stat there that Joe had. No Steph tonight, which makes the loss honestly even worse. uh, As he has, honestly, I, I wasn't even going to even bother trying to name it. He has some injury to multiple ligaments in his leg. That will sideline him for at least a month. And thankfully uh, it doesn't seem to be quite as serious as initially thought. Uh, I was seeing like four to six week timelines, six to eight week timelines, but uh, you know, listening to some of our friends over at the light years podcast and other blue wires, blue wire podcast, as well as some actually like pretty reputable sports doctors. seems like it'll be closer to maybe around the one month range, which would be obviously great for the warriors, but uh, just good for the NBA uh, as well with Steph playing. However that, that does in the meantime, open up a potential opportunity for Shea to start an all-star game. Fingers crossed. We'll see what happens. And another one I want to mention, and this kind of goes into the overall theme of the game, but the Warriors really, really wanted this one due to the standings. We'll get in standings here in a bit, but um, I mean, they're, they're going to need every, really every win they can, especially with, with Steph out with the West being so tight, uh, especially if the Warriors, you know, they're obviously have a, uh, are wanting to make the playoffs. So they really needed a game like tonight. And, they showed it. Meanwhile, OKC did not. The starters for OKC, Shea, Wiggins, J-Dub, Giddy, and J-Will got the start. I thought J-Will looked pretty good overall. Um, but yeah, he gets, to, he gets to start again after a pretty good stretch of games. First quarter, quick 9-2 run for OKC to start things. Dub drove and scored over Draymond, which was awesome to see just from the very beginning. J-Will hits a three. Boom. Uh, Wiggins had a great backdoor cut usual, and she did she things. A similar, aggressive, fast start, I thought, to how the Thunder started the Rockets game on Saturday. And so, like I said, very uh, very different to a week ago against the Warriors, but they came out slow and then finished strong. Tonight, they came out really strong. Uh, honestly, it was kind of weird. It was like kind of both Rockets games from the past week In one game where uh, except this time the Thunder started out really strong like they did that that second game against the Rockets and ended up playing uh, really the last three quarters, but mainly the second half more like they did Uh, a little more apathetic lackadaisical like they did there in that first Rockets game. So Clay started to get it going early, but Shea followed. It was pretty funny Had two elite mid range jumpers where he created separation stopped on a dime and knocked down the two pull-ups, which is just an elite skill that he has. He's continued to hone in. One was that baseline shot that he's been going to. We've seen it in game winner form. We we also have been seeing him go to it more and more earlier and earlier in the game, which has been kind of interesting to follow throughout the season. And then one was just a mid-range shot right under the free throw line that he basically had two defenders that you know he stopped on a dime, did a little step back, and both of them kind of went flying. So that was cool to see as well. The, skull was the first up for OKC, followed by Isaiah Joe. Wiggins really got it going early, like I, I mentioned at the top of the podcast. It's one of my takeaways, uh, and it was kind of, kind of an exclamation point there in the first quarter for Wiggins was when he had an and one with about four left in the quarter that got him up to ten points, tied for Shea as a Thunder's leading scorer, and uh, just a, a great first quarter for Aaron Wiggins. Eighteen of the Thunder's twenty nine points came in the paint. That just shows their aggressiveness and how you know them playing to their style of basketball. Meanwhile, Clay Thompson continues just go absolutely insane. 18 points on seven of eight shooting, four, four from three. This was with still like three minutes, I think, left in the first quarter. Uh, Trey Mann came in, mentioned Trey Mann, knocked down two threes, which was huge. And yeah, it kind of set the tone for, for his game. And then still, regardless of Clay's explosion, Thunder led 37 to 31 at the end of the first quarter. I thought this stat was really interesting uh, when I pulled this up. Thunder shot 14 25. From the field, 56%, which is obviously great, uh, while the Warriors shot 13-24 from the field, but they both shot four of nine from three. And when you take into consideration Clay's explosion, <laughs> and, and his, I mean, he uh, essentially accounted for all of those, I think, uh, Warriors three-point shots. Actually, yes, he did. He was like four or five from three. Uh, the Warriors were four of nine as a team. The Thunder were still ahead even after all of that, uh, and they matched the, the Warriors in three-point shooting. And then the second quarter. Happens, <laughs> and Trey man came out firing again, like he did in the first quarter. Had his ninth shot attempt with eight minutes still left in the second. That's a good thing. I love seeing it. The Thunder really needed it at that point, especially with the second unit and Shea being out. And uh it, it was great to see. However, Clay kept it going with 3:26 left in the half. He was six of seven from three, 24 points, just absolutely absurd. Really poor defense on Clay didn't help. Uh, that's not to discount what Clay was doing. It may not have really even mattered. But the Thunder kept hedging on screens, then dropping back giving Clay plenty of space. That's something I kind of want to get into later here in the podcast. Uh, The Thunder came out super aggressive again this game, but they're ending the half not nearly as sharp. This is a note that I had. Uh, Turnovers, missed jumpers, pretty poor defensive effort. It just kind of went downhill from here. Clay drilled another three at the buzzer to get 27 points. Warriors led 60 to 53 at half, 18-7 run to end the the half for Golden State. Thunder dropped 6-19 from three in 20-49 overall, while the Warriors stayed above 50% and 11-25 from three. Just an absurd uh, offensive performance from Golden State after a, a historical performance uh, offensive performance from uh, OKC a couple nights earlier on Saturday night back in OKC really bad half from Giddy just a note uh, he ended up having a, a decent second half but bad half from Giddy he looked rushed flustered was 04 from the four missed some open floaters uh, it was it, it it stood out to me to to have that note there Like I said, he rebounded, no pun intended, in the the second half. But uh, first half from him, I think Jacob tweeted this out, one of the worst we've seen from him in a while. Third quarter, Kendrick starts instead of Wiggins. Clay starts where he leaves off, 14-5 run, uh, to start the half for Golden State Warriors. Thunder couldn't get settled in offensively. They looked rushed, four shots, so it wasn't just Giddy. Uh, The whole team looked like that. Shea was barely even getting looks, much less touches. I thought, uh, not Aaron, but Andrew Wiggins was playing great defense on him. But at the same time, Shea wasn't really coming to the ball and looking forward. It was a kind of a weird game from Shea. He, he seemed a bit out of it, but you have to credit Wiggins in the Golden State uh, defensive scheme and, and team, team defense kind of taking him out of the game in a way. Uh, the Thunder got the lead back down to 12 at one point, point in the third quarter and looked like they maybe would have a bit of a chance. But another Warriors barrage of points got it back up to 20, and basically they did not look back. 104 to 79 after three quarters. Warriors outscored a Thunder 60 to 18 from three-point range through three quarters.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
1: Trey continued to be aggressive and give okay, See a tiny resemblance of a spark. Basically, he got it back to within like 20 points, uh, which is sad to say, but that was a, a tiny spark. Uh, Giddy finally got a little more aggressive, uh, kind of rubbed off. The aggressiveness kind of rubbed off on Giddy, which was great to see. Dignot wisely played. Uh, O'Marie, Bays, Lindy Waters in the fourth with Leonard having another game tomorrow. Shea set out uh, again in the fourth quarter, uh, just like Saturday, but for a much different reason, the opposite reason. And then uh, Dignall letting these guys ride it out and get minutes was great. just Because like I said, it gives uh, the, the main Thunder players, that's so a bad way to put it, <laughs> the guys, uh, the main staples in the rotation and Dignall's rotation. A little rest there. Not having to play a, a full 48 minutes with another big game tomorrow night. Especially a, a national TV game against the Lakers, Chris LeBron, etc., etc. Thunder ended up losing 141-114. Just looking at those shooting splits again, because I think it's pretty significant. Uh, The Thunder ended up shooting 48.4% from the four, which isn't horrendous. Obviously not great. 44 of 91. Meanwhile, the Warriors shot 56 of 97, 57.7% from the field. Looking at threes, Thunder shot 11 of 32, only 34%, while the Warriors shot 26 of 50, 52%. A, shooting over 50% 50 from three on that amount of attempts. It's just absolutely like asinine. But you also look at the total field goals attempted. The Thunder had 91 the Warriors had 97. However, only 32 of those were three-point shots, At three-point attempts for the Thunder, to the Warriors' 50. Uh, almost, over half of their shots were from three. And that's just playing right into the style of basketball that make the Warriors so dangerous and, and why they're still so good, even as their stars continue to age, even without one of their stars like Steph. So just that's something to note there as we kind of get into some of our bigger overall themes. So, kind of getting into uh, some of those bigger, deeper points, like I just mentioned, there we've got—I I had five big takeaways, and you all, have, those of you who have listened for a long time, you know, we all do some of these differently. We break them down differently. Like I said, it's late, uh, so and it's first night of back to back, so I'm going, and it was an absolute beatdown. So I'm going back to an old, reliable, a a fun but easy way to kind of break these down, in my opinion. The positives and the negatives. The negatives and the positives, as I call it. Uh, because I always like to end on the positives, even on a night, especially on a night like tonight. And believe it or not, there were two, uh, really kind of three positives that I want to touch on to, to round these out. However, maybe the two biggest, uh, in terms of the, like the biggest themes of the game, were negatives. And we're going to go ahead and jump into them here. The first of these is, like I mentioned, what did the Thunder ever do to hurt Clay Thompson? <laughs> Clay goes off on OKC. A tale as old as time is insane. It really is at this point tonight. Forty-two points, fifteen of twenty-two from the field, twelve of sixteen from three. Only had three, three shots that three made shots that weren't or that were uh, within the three-point line. Ninety-five percent, ninety-five, yeah, ninety-five percent true shooting percentage, ninety-five point five true shooting percentage. I think that's the way to say it there. Uh, per Shane Young, NBA a friend of the podcast. This was the third most efficient 40 piece of Clay's career, which is insane to think about. And uh, I I would I did not do the the deep research on this, but I would assume that one of those other two probably came against OKC as well. And I'm thinking about game 6. Um, you know, just it really it kind of puts into perspective how amazing Clay is, but not only that, just how special what he did tonight was against the Thunder. Just absolutely crazy. Uh, and also the fact that he could have a more efficient night than a 95 true shooting percentage. <laughs> like it's just two games uh, with a higher true shooting percentage than what he had tonight. It, it's pretty wild to think about. And maybe it wasn't from a true shooting percentage standpoint. It could have just been the efficiency in general, uh, 15, 22 from the floor. I mean, he has had some games, two games, I think where he only missed like two shots or something, but regardless, just puts that into perspective, how special Clay was tonight and how the thunder, no matter what they did. Uh, I Again, I didn't think the defense was great. By any means, but it didn't really matter. Speaking of that, the Thunder missed Lou. And sorry, this isn't a. Uh, this is still uh, under my my negative of what did the Thunder ever do to hurt Clay Thompson? Uh, obviously, the Thunder missed Lou, but not sure Lou could have even stopped Clay when he's in this kind of a, a trance. He can help prevent it from starting, though, which I think is important to think about. Um, if if a player like Lou is guarding Clay to begin with, it doesn't give Clay the opportunity to get hot so early, and thus leading to this avalanche that was Clay Thompson tonight. Now, my next takeaway and my, my next big negative kind of ties into two bigger overall themes. One I've noticed this season, one for the game as a whole. Um, but the next big negative I have here is three-point discrepancy. I already touched on it some, but the Warriors shot 26 of 50, 52% from three to the Thunders 11 of 32, or, or 34.4% from three. Uh, as my guy Justin would say, I was told there would be no math. But as my guy Jacob says, Simple math here. <laughs> the Warriors took nearly 20 more threes in the Thunder and made almost as many as the Thunder attempted. That'll do it. Also, very similar stat. Uh, if you go back and listen to my post game, I did against the Warriors a week ago, uh, very similar as well. It's just the Warrior style basketball. And Thunder played right into it tonight, especially there uh, in the last three quarters. This goes into a couple bigger overall things like I mentioned, uh, but just to simply note them here, not to list them out separately or anything, but the... The Thunder continue to struggle with how they guard the three-point shot. Uh, depending on the personnel they have in, you'll see them switch sometimes, but more often than not, what you'll see is what they did tonight, which is uh, they'll hedge or, or shadow on ball screens, and then the defender drops back. And my dad's mentioned this all season. It's something he's noticed that's kind of been driving him crazy. Uh, he's been reaching out to me and my brother all season about it. Uh, Jacob mentioned it tonight, but specifically tonight, playing a player like Jay will Who's been playing really well as a whole overall, but he's not the best defender at this point in his career, which is fine. He's young, right? But just to use that as an example, playing him allowed the Warriors to basically attack him all game by bringing his man up for a ball screen, knowing Jo would sit back, he would not switch, and this gives the shooter plenty of room to fire off a three. So the guard, uh, the the other Thunder defender, would hedge on that screen, or, or Jo would hedge, uh, try to give the guard uh, enough time to recover. J-Will would drop back. But in the meantime, we have a shooter as quick as Klay Thompson. I, Steph didn't play, but obviously Steph. Jordan Poole falls in that same category. And even other players like uh Dante DiVincenzo was – or wait, yeah, I don't know. I just went blank on – who am I thinking of? I'm going to look this up. It's gonna, yeah, it, it is Dante. It's like getting confused on where everybody's at these days in the NBA with all the different player movement. Uh, But yeah, Dante, uh, he was even – four eight from three. Uh, that was one that stood out to me. Uh, Michael green was another one giving those guys even just a little bit of space. And, and some of those, like those last time I mentioned, aren't even the quickest releases necessarily that allowed the Warriors be able to get off just really any three point attempts that they wanted, which led to that just absurd stat, um, that I mentioned about how many threes that they attempted and they were over 50% <laughs> from the, uh, from three uh player like i said played right into the warrior strengths and this is where like mentioning lou earlier having lou to fight through those screens helps tremendously uh, such a strong point of attack defender like lou but also just having him to be able to get around or get through more importantly those screens uh, kind of makes up for that thunder weakness because you then you don't have the guy shadowing or hedging uh you don't have to worry about a guy like Jay will uh, who's slow to be able to get up on a defender or just stays back all together Uh, That allows a player like J. Will to be able to stay back because you still have Lou in the the face of the the defender. Um, But also, a better big defender like J.R.E., who is more versatile on the perimeter. We talked a lot about that last season, how he's able to guard smaller guards on the perimeter. Having him healthy again is going to help with that tremendously. We know he's been playing with the blue. He's been reassigned to the Thunder. I didn't see him on the bench. That doesn't mean he wasn't there tonight. Uh, So we might not see him on this road trip. It might not be until maybe that first game. um, or Sorry, that last game before the All-Star break back home. Excuse me, but anyways, he's getting closer. So having a player like JRE helps. And then, yes, like we all have talked about all season long, having a longer, more more versatile defender like Chet helps so much more when playing a team like the Warriors uh, for all the reasons I really I mentioned above. And then the other big overall theme that I mentioned that I I think this this three-point discrepancy thing from tonight tied into is that the Thunder got away from playing their strengths and to their strengths and their identity after that first quarter and played to the Warriors' strengths. Uh, they were rushing things rushing passes the playing uh, basically the style of the warriors one of them to like i said leading to those three point shots for the warriors but also the warriors were sagging off allowing uh, the thunder players to to take open shots and, and not only that but they were uh, basically making sure players like Shea didn't touch the ball uh, you know it, it, they were they were I'm trying to think how to explain this uh, but essentially they were uh, kind of controlling where the ball went and so you had players less efficient from three, you know, for the Thunder. Sorry, like I said, it's late. Um, uh, and I hear a baby in the background, scrambled thoughts. All about to say, the Warriors really kind of controlled how the Thunder played. Is <laughs> what I'm trying to get at there in the the second house specifically. So that's just kind of an over a bigger overall theme, I think, that kind of goes into the three-point discrepancy there. Now, like I said, there are some positives, believe it or not. Aggressive trade 1K. We talked a little bit about him already more aggressive the most aggressive we've seen from trey in a long time which is great to see he had more shot attempts on the the most shot attempts on the team at 17. one more than shea uh granted Shea didn't play the fourth quarter That just kind of shows you like i said how Shea just or, sorry uh Trey just came out firing uh, he played with confidence even when the shot wasn't falling at first we I've seen in the past where Trey will kind of you know go to that step back three a couple times. He'll miss the first two, and then he just kind of shies away. That wasn't the case tonight. He kept shooting. Uh, it helps that he made his first two threes. I believe one of them was a catch and shoot three, which I love seeing. Trey's going to need to get better and better at that. Uh, you know, we know how elite he is at creating space and being able to hit that step back three. But being able to play off guys like Giddy, like Shea, like Dub, he's going to be able to. Have two, he's going to need to be able to knock down a uh, catch and shoot three point attempts, which he was doing anyways. He, there, there were stretches tonight where he wasn't making shots where he, he'd have two or three missed shots and he kept firing regardless. And look, sometimes that can be to the detriment of the team. We've talked about players in the past and, and, and OKC one of them on the roster currently uh, where that has not been a good thing, but the coaches have talked more and more about how they, they want to see more of that from Trey. And that's what we saw tonight. And, and, Again, it was to the benefit of the team. So, Trey Man was a bright spot for me. Uh, and also, the, it was infectious. We saw a rub on Giddy there in the third quarter, I believe, when they were playing together. Uh, that kind of got Giddy out of his funk a little bit, seeing Trey be aggressive. And uh, we kind of saw them, you know, dapping each other up, trying to get fired up there in the third quarter. It didn't lead to anything necessarily, didn't lead to much of a run, but it also wore off on Giddy as well, which is, is something to know. I mentioned Lou Dort the defensive defensive significance of Lou Dort is kind of cheating here, including this as a positive for tonight's game. Uh, but one thing that tonight did show, and a lot of these games have shown since Lou's been out with that hamstring uh, tweak that he had, m- we really miss Lou and his impact on the, de- the defensive end of the floor, but that's a good thing, right? Like it, it shows the impact that Lou does have. Uh, and especially since this isn't like a long-term injury, we'll hopefully have him back. He's a, on the road trip. Uh, Like I said, I I don't think Jerry is, but Lou was, I saw him tonight. Maybe he does play tomorrow. We'll see. But his his strong point of attack defense, his ability to play through screens. Like I mentioned, Lemington, the weaknesses of OKC and just the defensive intensity that he brings the leadership. He brings on that four uh, each and every night, having a player like Lou tonight, especially with stuff out and having him on clay. I think this game looks very, very different. That's easy to say in hindsight, right? But um, I believe it full, full heartedly. So, Defensive impact of Lou Dort maybe not a positive for tonight. Um, it kind of shows that even if Lou doesn't necessarily fit this mold of players that, that, that Presley is assembling here for this team, we can, we can see the role that Lou's carved out and how he can fit with this team long term. Uh, and that's not to say that he won't be traded down the line or Jake dub won't you know uh, take over his starting spot someday or whatever the case may be, but regardless, for the time being, uh, Lou has a significant impact on this team, especially on the def- defensive end of the four. And then finally, my last positive, Aaron Wiggins. Really solid game from him tonight. <laughs> All things considered, he had 19 points. almost chose him as my, my player of the game set, Trey. But 19 points, two rebounds, one assist, eight of 10 from the four, two of three from three, which is huge. Uh, all in 25 minutes, two steals. Thought he was great on both ends of the the court. As a whole, uh, he had a clay assignment for a lot of the game, and you can only like, do so much in, in those situations. Uh, but especially offensively, and one thing that really stood out to me is something that I mentioned there when I was in the first quarter breakdown: is he's such a great cutter, uh, especially backdoor. But there were a couple cuts that he had that were just, I mean, so timely. Uh, it, it, it's so reminiscent of Andre Robertson currently uh, OKC blue player Andre Robertson and his ability to cut you know we talked about Dre not being able to space the floor for the Thunder but he did provide some floor spacing not because he could hit a three-point shot but because of his ability to to cut and and move off ball and we're seeing that more and more from Aaron Williams uh, at a pretty elite level like some of the cuts he had were really impressive tonight which led to an incredible Pass from Shea there in the first quarter, uh, as well as multiple opportunities from, you know, Giddy's looking for him, Shea's looking for him, J Dub's looking for him. He just creates a really great offense. And even if the shot's not there, if he has a, it's drawing a defender or sometimes two defenders over to try and protect, uh, protect the rim, and block that shot, which leads to other opportunities to kick the ball back out for an open three point shot or to generate offense by, you know, kicking back out, moving the ball, at least do other open shots and other opportunities for the offense. So all about to say, uh, a really underrated thing that I think Wiggins brings. That's becoming more and more uh, streamlined and mainstream. It's the word I'm looking for there. And that was just kind of really on dis- on display tonight for Aaron Wiggins. and I think kind of has been when he's been thrust in the starting position here over the last handful of games with Luke Dort being out. So I think that's all I have in terms of my positives and big takeaways. Uh, like I mentioned, my player of the game was Trey man. I loved his aggressiveness. All the reasons I mentioned earlier, 18 points, eight of 17 from the floor, only two of six from three. Here's the thing. If, and somebody tweeted me about this from the account, and I apologize for not giving you all credit, uh, whoever it was, but they said, you know, they love seeing his aggressiveness. They feel like this is more of a trend. This wasn't just a one-off thing with this game, which I agree with. And that this person said that they thought we were due for a big Trey quote unquote breakout game. And I agree. You look at that number two, six from three. He's still at 18 points, eight 17 from the four. If he makes three more of those three point attempts, uh, or he even takes more three point attempts, less two point attempts, and he has that shot going, like we could see a 30 piece from Trey Mann, which seems a little aggressive right now. But I don't think it's, you know, it, I, I mentioned here a month back about how Trey Mann could potentially be a casualty of the rebuild. What I mean by that is not that he's going to be a bust in the NBA, but that he could be a player that has to go elsewhere. Uh, during this rebuild, and it flourishes. But if he plays like he did tonight, and he becomes a little more efficient, you know that won't even be a question. Anyways, it'll be uh, interesting to continue to monitor. Trey Mann was my player of the game. As I mentioned above, the Thunder have a back-to-back tomorrow against the Los Angeles Lakers on TNT. LeBron could could break the scoring record. I'm trying to remember. It's off the top of my head. I think he needs 36 points. So we'll see if he can do it. We'll see if Ludwig plays tomorrow or not. Uh, We'll hopefully see a, a... Regardless a better uh, a better performance from the thunder much better effort as a whole, but regards the thunder will have or the thunder the uncontested will have you covered the entire way. I believe our guy Jacob's breaking down both tomorrow night and then Friday night the thunder continue their west coast trip they end their their west coast trip with a visit to Portland to visit dame and the blazers, so we'll see how that one goes I'll be you know obviously. Uh, right there after the trade deadline so it could be a different looking blazers team who knows maybe a slightly different looking thunder team like i said regardless regardless we'll have you covered for it all speaking of that jacob and uh, jd silva are planning to go live during the trade deadline on thursday so be sure to tune in there And like I mentioned, I don't mean to sound like a broken record, but The Uncontestable will have you covered for all of us. Thank you all for tuning in, especially tonight. Super late, uh, but we still had a a great showing. Uh, It was a blowout, but you all still showed up, showed out. Really appreciate you all tuning in. And until tomorrow night, thunder up.
2: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium?